Hello, everybody. This episode of the Jukebox Podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Plectone. That is P-L-E-C-T-O-N-E. They create a product called the Double Pulse. Now, this guitar pick will allow you to create richer, fuller, and brighter tones on your acoustic guitar. Their concept gives you two individual picks in the design, and they move and pivot independently to produce this amazing double pulse tremolo sound, but they're connected by this soft and durable and flexible internal structure that really allows you to experiment with attack points on the pick and uh, just create these wonderful textures and these rich sounds and volume on your guitar that you really cannot create with a normal flat pick or with your fingers. I would highly recommend checking them out. If you head on over to Plectone.com, you can get them uh, and you can bundle them with varying sizes and save a little bit of money as well. Now, listen, everybody, it's the end of the year and shows like this, these extra shows that we do on top of the main program every month could not happen without sponsors like Plectone. That keeps this show running. And I've said it before, but it bears repeating. We do not have sponsors on this program unless we believe in what they're doing. We believe in what Plectone's doing. We're excited to see them move into the new year with the double pulse. And we really appreciate both your support of this show and your support of Plectone. Thanks so much and enjoy this very special episode of the Jukebox. You've got the Jukebox. You're listening to The Jukebox, your monthly dose of the very best indie music around. Please welcome your host, Brett Stewart. Hello, 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 everybody. My name is indeed Brett Stewart, and you are indeed listening to the Jukebox Podcast. This is a very special episode of the program. It's our end-of-the-year special. I'm recording this on New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2016. We only have 24 hours left until 2017. Thank goodness. It's been a long year. But you know what? It's been a great year, too. A lot of people get bogged down in how difficult 2016 has been, how many people we have lost, and the hardships of the political season, all of those more depressing aspects of the year. But a lot of wonderful things happened this year, too, and in particular, a lot of wonderful music happened, and that's what we are going to focus on on this episode of the show. Uh, This is, again, our end-of-the-year episode. These are made possible because we have sponsors like Plectone, because we have listeners who are excited to get more content in their feed in addition to the main episode, which comes out on the 25th of every month, which you heard this month on Christmas. Got it out there on time. Real happy about that. And I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you haven't had a chance to go listen to it, go ahead and do that. I think there's a lot in it. You're really going to enjoy it, arguably one of our very best set lists of the year. Now, typically, I have a jukebox roundtable where I bring a bunch of people together and we talk about the news and all that sort of stuff, but I decided to format this month a little bit differently. Now, I did not want to pull a roundtable together this time of year because 
it's right after the holidays, Hanukkah is still going on for some people, uh, other holidays like that are continuing, and then of course the new year is coming around. It's very difficult for me to be able to bring a bunch of people together and pull them away from their friends and family during this time of the year. So I did a couple things, and we're going to get into some very interesting segments here. First of all, I sent out a big giant Google form to every single person who uh, came on the jukebox in 2016, and they were so wonderful and responded to me, filled them out, and got some wonderful responses. And I'm going to use those as a bouncing board to talk about different perspectives of 2016, and we're going to dig into that first. Then what we're going to do is we're going to start, uh, look at the jukebox podcast retrospective uh, playlist for the year. This is something new I'm doing this year. I did it unofficially last year for those of you that requested it, but this year we're making it official. We even have a little logo for it. That's how you know it's official. And what's going to happen is I'm going to go through a set list and this set list is 51 songs long and we're going to zoom right through it and I'm going to explain why every artist and song is on that list. And it's all music that was released in 2016. My hope with this is that when I put this out here, and it's currently on Spotify, if anyone is on Tidal or Apple Music and they would like to uh, add it on there, they're most welcome to do that. But it's designed to give you a curated selection of music over the last year and give you a curated selection across a massive array of genres, and I think I've covered just about everything. That's going to be very interesting, and we're going to delve into that as well. And then finally, at the end of the program, we're going to delve into some of the changes that are coming for the Jukebox in 2017. I think you're going to be very excited about them. But why don't we go ahead and listen to some of the stuff uh, that my previous guests of the year sent us. We're going to dig into those responses right now. So this is essentially at, okay. So this is essentially acting as a, uh, So this is essentially acting as a mailbag of sorts, and I'm going to go through these responses and commentate on them editorially a little bit. And uh, I got a number of these responses in from people, and I've curated a selection of here that I think are... uh, So this is going to act as perhaps a mailbag of sorts where I'm going to go through each response and uh, commentate editorially a little bit to add some context if it is needed. Uh, But I sent this out to people who had been on the show over the last year. I sent it out to some of my colleagues who I uh, very much respect their opinions. And I've I've kind of put all that together into uh, six or seven responses here that I think are best representative of what I got back. So first, let's let's look at Andy Grolo. That is uh, that last name is G R O L E A U. If you don't remember Andy, he was on the Jukebox Roundtable talking about Kanye West earlier in the year. I believe that was in June or July. We had a wonderful discussion. Andy's a phenomenal photographer, so I'm gonna pimp each of these a little bit because I think these are all very talented people. Go check him out online. Just look up Andy Grolo on Twitter. I asked Andy what his favorite moment of 2016 was musically. Now, this could be a favorite album, it could be a single, 
It could be a new artist, it could be an event or a concert or a tour. I tried to keep this as open-ended as possible. And Andy, his favorite was uh, Kid Cootie's new album. And that album is Passion, Pain, and Demon Slay. And it came out literally about two weeks ago. So really right in under the wire there. I also asked Andy what uh, artist he was most fond of or impactful to him having lost in 2016. Because 2016 was a year where we lost a lot of artists. We lost a lot. And I think we're going to, every single year moving forward, this is a theory of mine that 2016 is not necessarily a demon year attempting to come kill all of our idols. All of our idols are just getting older. And that's going to happen. That's life. It's unfortunate, but we respect them and we honor them and we move forward and we find new people to look up to along the way. Andy, uh, predictably, David Bowie. And I don't say predictably for Andy. I just say predictably because almost everyone that responded to this said David Bowie. Uh, Andy was a huge fan of David Bowie's music. And moving forward into uh, 2017, he's most looking forward to Lupe Fiasco's new album. That's going to be really cool. All right, another one here from Alex Hodawanik. If you remember Alex, he was on the Jukebox Roundtable quite a while ago. Uh, earlier in the year, I believe he goes under the moniker online of Chucky Nugget. And you should very much check Alex out because Alex is the wonderful mastermind that created uh, the Weezer-Kanye West mashup that blew up on the internet and got everyone talking about it. And Weezer started tweeting about it and Rivers Cuomo started talking about how much he loved it. It was really amazing, and I, I feel so fortunate to have a line of communication and a friendship with Alex because he's such a talented and interesting guy, and such a nice guy, too. So his favorite moment of 2016 was the release of Blonde. Now, that was Frank Ocean's record that came out a couple months ago after a whole lot of fanfare. You never knew when Frank was going to release that album. We talked about that extensively on the roundtable, I believe in October. And you never knew when it was going to come out because Frank Ocean would, would tease it and then he'd push the release date back. And it be, it became its own joke by the end of it because he kept having a list of release dates get crossed out with a new one added underneath it. And it just kept going and going. And then all of a sudden we got Blonde. Blonde is a great record. It's one of my favorite records of the year. And we're going to talk about it a little bit later on this program. And Alex was pretty excited when the Nike's music video came out. Check that out. I'm going to put it in the show notes. It's a great music video. Again, David Bowie was someone that Alex very much looked up to and was um, very sad to lose. I didn't realize how much of a fan I was until I started listening to Changes the day after I heard the news and I started to well up. Moving into 2017, Alex is most looking forward to the new Gorillaz album. And I've been hearing about this a lot from a lot of different people. Gorillaz is an outfit that really appeals to a broad spectrum. And I see a lot of people very excited about these guys putting out new music because they don't do it often. Another uh, good colleague of mine that I wanted to read off here is Matt Stein. Of course, Matt Stein, wonderful guy, uh, host of MMA Rounds and Breakdowns on the Blazing Caribou Studios Network. Of course, he's also the host of Podcast of Terror over on the Galactic Netcast Network. He does a lot of really cool stuff. I love Matt Stein. And he all, he's also in a band. They just put out their new album. We're going to play it next month on the Jukebox. 
They are called Drown the Lifeguard. Check them out. It's metal music, so very much predictably, uh, he picked something more in the line of metal for what was particularly exciting to him in 2016, and that was Metallica's album, Hardwired. I've heard a lot about this record, uh, and I listened to it through, and, and I am admittedly not a Metallica fan, but I've heard a lot about this record from people in the same vein of Matt, who love metal, who love really hard rock, and uh, my understanding is is that this is more of a return to grace for Metallica in many ways. And of course, 2016, uh, David Bowie's death hit Matt the hardest. <laughs> we have a lot of David Bowie responses here. And uh, what he's looking forward to most in 2017, the Reaping Asmodea record Impuritize, which we talked about here on this program. Reaping Asmodea is an independent metal outfit, and we had... Uh, one of their members on the program on a roundtable to talk a little bit about that, and we had a great discussion about all sorts of other stuff, Reaping Asmodea. That's going to be coming out along with the Run the Jewels tour. Run the Jewels have really had a year, haven't they? They had some terrific singles come out earlier. They surprise released their album. They're really, really talented. Check out Run the Jewels this year if you haven't. Matt's looking forward to their tour. We have another response here from Phil Rude. Of course, Phil Rude over on the Blazing Caribou Studios Network. He does uh, the Westworld podcast they have over there. I believe it is called Brokebot Mountain. I really love what they're doing. Phil is, um, or more importantly, an artist, and he's a phenomenal artist. I really love what he's doing. Check him out online. You can get some cool prints. You know, everyone has a little bit of money after Christmas, maybe, right? Maybe maybe your grandma sent you sent you a check. Maybe your uncle slipped you a 20. I don't know. Go check out Phil's art. <laughs> Maybe that's a good way to spend some of that money. That last name is R-O-O-D. This is from Phil. No surprise, I'm going with John Prine's For Better or Worse album and his interview on Mark Marin's WTF. That's a podcast for those unfamiliar. It was great uh, to hear him speak about his decades of writing songs and making music with so much joy and love for the music. Uh, I listened to that interview as well. In fact, uh, I would actually recommend listening to Mark Maron's podcast in conjunction with this if you are a music fan, because a good deal of the interviews that Mark does are music-related. I think my favorite musical interview he had of the year... Um, well, my favorite interview of the year he did was Alan Alda. That was a great interview. And you know what? I think I might have to be in Phil's boat as well. I think the John Prine interview was phenomenal. I also really liked his interview with Elvis Costello. Uh, for better, for worse, though, uh, for better or worse, is a great record. I spent a lot of time listening to it after Phil turned me on to it. I'm a big fan of John Prine. I, he just wasn't on my radar in 2016. And John Prine's such a unique talent, and we talked about that when Phil was on the program uh, a couple months ago on the roundtable. And this new record he's put out is kind of like what Willie Nelson did a couple months ago, or l really about last year, I believe where he got a, these lovely women to come in and do these songs with him and do them so, so well. I really love this this record. It's beautiful. Uh, just for example, some of the songs on it have uh, Holly Williams, Alison Krauss, Iris DeMent, Miranda Lambert, Casey Musgraves. I love Casey Musgraves. Go check that out for better or worse. In regard to the uh, the moment that touched Phil the most this year, I took the music losses 
as a whole to be a reminder that those who shaped the music landscape we grew up with and who influenced younger artists are mortal and getting on in years. As pointed out by smarter men than me, lots of artists lived hard and took the toll. Bowie, Cohen, uh, Prince. It goes on and on and on. It will continue to. The most important thing is to remember that the art uh, is to remember the art and to keep it alive by sharing, listening, and continuing to love it. I very much agree with uh, with Phil there. I mean, Bowie, Cohen, uh, Frey. Oh my goodness! If you haven't watched the Kennedy Center's uh, the Kennedy Center honors this year, I would highly recommend doing so. Uh, they honored the the Eagles, and it's kind of heartbreaking that they couldn't do it last year because I believe Frey was sick. And now he's gone. A great band. Uh, and Phil also wrote two-thirds of ELP here, and I skipped over that because it didn't register in my mind that he was saying Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Of course, we have lost two of them as well. Moving forward in the 2017, Phil says, With a terrifying administration taking power next year, I can't help but wonder if we'll see a resurgence in the smartly written political protest song. This will largely be in the indie scene, I'm sure, but I hope it's there and we get a wave of art that affects change. You know what, Phil? We're actually going to talk about that a little bit later in the show when we dig through our playlist for the year. But I think we are going to see more of that. I think, uh, obviously, Trump's administration might be terrifying to you. It might be wonderful to someone else. But I do think it's fairly objective to say that Trump doesn't get on that well with people in the art community. That's why he can't really get anyone to play at the inauguration and instead... The Mormon Tabernacle Choir and the Ronettes are doing it, and they're dropping like flies off that as well. Uh, Every day it seems like I wake up to a new breaking news story on Politico about how someone from one of those groups has opted out of it out out of either embarrassment or political protest. So yeah, Trump doesn't get on too well with musicians. He had a lot of trouble with musicians uh, throughout his campaign and utilizing their music. That's something we talked about much earlier in the year. So it'll be very interesting to see the kind of music that comes out of that. And I think that's a very astute observation from Phil that we're likely going to see some of that. Another response here from Peter Fisher. Peter Fisher, of course, uh, does a number of wonderful shows. He does I'd App That over on Blazing Caribou. And he's putting together a bunch of cool stuff as well. I love Peter. He's such a talented musician. He's such a thoughtful and provocative guy who really he's a joy to talk to about music. He was on a jukebox roundtable here a while ago with his co-host on IDAP, that Shane Maddox. Uh, his favorite musical moment of 2016 was a personal one. It was seeing Billy Idol at the House of Blues in Las Vegas. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool. I would love to see Billy Idol even now. And why not see him at the House of Blues in Vegas? That's a pretty pretty damn good place to see Billy Idol. Uh, for his artists that he was most impacted by their lost, uh, David Bowie and Prince... And moving into 2017, he is looking forward most to the 24-7 Spies release, which is going to come out in 2017. Of course, 27, 24-7 Spies, if you're not familiar, uh, is one of those bands that really mixes funk and soul and R&B and a little bit of reggae and uh, maybe even some metal and punk in there. I, I would say they do. Very talented guys that come from the Bronx. Thank you, Peter. And uh, well, I have two more here, and then I will close out my uh, responses from people throughout the year. And I like to get this because I can go through these and thoughtfully respond 
to these people's thoughts. And of course, I don't have to pull them away from their friends and families on New Year's Eve to do that. Another response here from Carrie Sims. Carrie Sims, what can you say about Carrie? She's over on Blazing Caribou. She's on like 10 different shows. She's on Trivia Geeks, perhaps most notably. And of course, she's on with Phil uh, Rude on Westworld Podcast, on that Broke Bod Mountain Podcast. But her favorite moment of 2016 was the OK Go music video, the one moment music video. And that was, man, go look up the OK Go music video if you are not familiar. Those guys spend more time making those music videos than I think anybody spends on their music videos, period. It's a phenomenal display of talent uh, in, in intuitive ways to create a visual representation of your music, which we don't see as much anymore. The music video has fallen into the realms. It fell out of the realms of television and MTV and then found, found its feet on YouTube with places like Vivo. But you don't really see really mind-bending music videos anymore. The one moment is, is that music video for the year. Great pick, Carrie. The most impactful musician that uh, passed away this year for Carrie was Leonard Cohen. He kept on creating new things, like his latest introspective work, You Want It Darker, that had him uh, focusing thematically on mortality. So ironic. Oh, Carrie, you're hitting me in the heartstrings. <laughs> We're going to talk about Leonard later in the program. But yes, that's probably the one that hit me the hardest as well. I loved Leonard Cohen very dearly. And the record he put out, You Want It Darker, was absolutely beautiful. And a, a moment that she's looking forward to most in 2017. Here's what Carrie said. I think a new sound is coming. I feel it. With Bob Dylan winning the Nobel and Cohen's passing, I feel artists uh, are beginning to search deeper for a newer, truer sound that speaks to their generation. I live for these moments in music history. I totally agree, Carrie. I think we are on the cusp of something entirely new, and I would actually argue one of the biggest catalysts for that was my favorite record of last year, and pretty much everyone else's, at least critically, and that was To Pimp a Butterfly. To Pimp a Butterfly, for me, was a dramatic change in the way we presented music and the way we are articulating our thoughts as a generation, particularly my generation. And Kendrick Lamar did a beautiful job with that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. We have one more here from Charlie Dean. Charlie Dean, of course, is a brilliant, aspiring engineer, a big hip-hop fan. And he hopped on the show with Andy Grolo earlier in the year to talk about Kanye West. His favorite musical moment of 2016 was Coloring Book. That's right. The Chance the Rapper record. Uh, might be one of my favorites too. Well, it is. I just don't know if it's my favorite. I'm still, I'm rolling in my head with that. I know I have to give you an answer by the end of this show, but I just don't know. Uh, but he loved Coloring Book, and I asked him about it because I thought he would pick The Life of Pablo, which was Kanye's record this year. And he thought Kanye's record was a little bit self-indulgent. He enjoys it, as do I. But I think he's very much right in the fact that it's particularly more Kanye-centric than Kanye's records usually are. So... Ooh, quality podcasting there. Just got a text from Charlie. <laughs> uh, but in any case, I think Charlie's totally right. Uh, Kanye's record this year was very much focused around Kanye. So looking into 2017, I know Charlie is very much hoping that Kanye grows and continues to be a wonderful artist, but maybe he gets out of that self-indulgent place that he tends to reside pretty heavily in. As for the artist that most impacted Charlie this year that passed away, he had a very interesting response. Robert Stigwood. 
Now, to be, if I'm being entirely honest, I forgot Robert died, and it took me a minute to remember who he even was. Now, he was an Australian-born British uh, music entrepreneur. He was a film producer. He was a manager. He was best known for managing acts like Cream and the Bee Gees and creating theatrical productions the likes of Hair and Jesus Christ Superstar. Without him, uh, he helped manage and bring to light some of the most wonderful soundtracks of the 80s, stuff like Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars. So I thought this was a great pick from Charlie. Uh, Robert Stigwood died January 4th, so he really died almost exactly a year ago. And while he wasn't necessarily an artist, he was very much the brains and the business know-how and the management behind some of the most dearly beloved artists of his era. So without him, we may have never had them. Uh, Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, everybody else who sent me these wonderful picks. I thought this was really insightful to get some different perspectives other than my own about 2016 and moving forward into 2017. Why don't we delve into our playlist for the year? This is the Jukebox Podcast 2016 Retrospective. Stay tuned. I also want to throw a very quick shout out to Fenario's Wolf. They're the band that you hear in the interludes on this show. You hear them in our introductory parts and in the introduction. I very much appreciate them. Uh, they let us use their music. That song in particular is Catch the Spirit. So be sure to check them out moving into the new year. I'm sure they're going to be putting out all sorts of cool stuff. I really love what they do. Now, this playlist was something, again, I did unofficially last year. But I've done officially this year. We got a little logo for it, and I spent a long time putting this together. Now, what I wanted to do was capture 2016 in a very unique way, in a way that's different from the Rolling Stone best of lists and uh, the Pitchfork best lists and NPR. And I think I've done that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through this playlist. It's about a three-hour-long playlist, but we're going to zoom through it in about ten minutes. And I'm going to explain why I put what I put on this record and why you should listen to it. Or this playlist, rather. Because this is a really dynamic playlist that offers you every genre that came out this year and some of the deeper cuts within them as well. So, to kick it off, we can't start a playlist like this without including David Bowie. David Bowie's uh, Black Star kicks off the playlist with the song Lazarus. Lazarus was a, such a haunting song, and we've talked about it at length on the jukebox throughout the year. It's been a recurring topic of discussion, but it really was a beautifully impactful music video and song and record, and we cannot begin this playlist without including it. David Bowie, Black Star, the song Lazarus, that's followed by Leonard Cohen. The song is Treaty off the album You Want It Darker. You Want It Darker is probably my favorite album of the year. It's my personal album of the year because it is such a beautiful look into one's mortality, very similar to David Bowie's Black Star, but done with Leonard Cohen's razor-sharp lyrical prowess. And I, and that's going to be dearly missed. And I think Treaty is one of the best songs off it. That follows by uh, a track from Kanye West, Ultra Light Beam. I think that's one of the best songs off Life of Pablo this year. Don't get me wrong, it was a great record. And that's probably the least self-indulgent track of the bunch. Uh, Followed by Charles Bradley, Changes, off the album Changes. Charles Bradley's one of those late bloomers in the R&B scene. And I'm I'm very heartbroken about Charles because I hope he's going to be okay. He did announce that he was canceling his tour this year due to some cancer implications in his life. 
So we're wishing Charles, of course, the very, very best. That's followed by two tracks by Chance the Rapper from the album Coloring Book, Blessings and Same Drugs. I think those two tracks are very beautifully representative of what makes Coloring Book the wonderful record it is because Chance has honed in remarkably on the millennial conscience in a hip-hop setting that Kanye has not been able to do. And Chance is really wonderful. Coloring Book's beautiful record. I would highly recommend checking it out. I also put Someone to Lose on here. That, of course, is from the brand new Wilco album. That record is called Schmilko. I would highly recommend checking that out. Followed by a track from Nora Jones off her album Daybreaks. A lot of people forget Nora Jones put out a record this year. It's a beautiful record. Highly recommend you check it out. Followed by Francis and the Lights. He put out a record this year called Farewell Starlight. Francis is somebody who has been YouTube popular for a couple years now, but is finally coming into his own as a uh, recording artist. And that's a really great, great song and a great record. Followed by Big Thief. Big Thief and the song Masterpiece, I think, is one of the best indie rock records and songs of the year. I was actually originally turned on to Big Thief through uh, NPR Tiny Desk. In fact, I would highly recommend going on over to NPR Tiny Desk and subscribing to that on YouTube if you have not, because that is where you can find some of the best music coming out of the independent scene, coming out of the scene that uh, transcending into commercialism without being commercial. <laughs> and another artist that I heard on that earlier this year was Margaret Glasby. I fell completely head over heels in love with her. Her music is exceptional. She's very, very talented. The record was Emotions and Math, and I put the titular song in our playlist. Now, one thing I did with this playlist as well is I added things that were released in 2016 that we had not heard before, uh, even if they were recorded prior. So I did include a cut of I've Been Loving You Too Long by My Heartthrob. I'll love Otis Redding till the day I die. I love him very, very dearly. And this was a uh, collection live at the Whiskey A Go-Go. They actually finally remastered and put out every single set that he recorded at the Whiskey A Go-Go, and they're phenomenal. And that cut in particular, I think, is exceptional. I followed that up with some tracks from Frank Ocean's Blonde, followed by Iggy Pop's Post-Pop Depression. That's right, Iggy Pop put out a record this year. <laughs> I think a lot of people forget that as well. And it's a great record. He actually put it together with Josh Home, uh, or Josh Hom, rather. And Josh Hom is the guy from Queens of the Stone Age. And he went to Iggy and said, let's make a record that is really contemporary and bring you into a new generation. And he did a fantastic job. Now, another one of my favorite reissues this year and it's not necessarily a reissue because it had floated around within the bootleg community, but it never actually reached a commercial release, is the real Royal Albert Hall 1966 concert from Bob Dylan. Of course, I love Bob Dylan. I had to throw him in here. He did have a wonderful release this year. And this is a record where we had had a collection of songs that we thought was the Royal Albert Hall recordings, but it was actually a different place in London. And these are the real recordings. I included a nine-minute version of Mr. Tambourine Man. I think it's the best live version of the track I've ever heard. Uh, and historically, that concert is very significant because that was very early on in Bob Dylan's 1966 tour where the first half of the set was acoustic and the second half of the set was electric. And of course, during those second halves, he would continually get booed off stage very aggressively. People would yell Judas at him. 
because they felt he had betrayed his folk roots. Uh, at the time, his backing band was a band called the Hawks, which later turned out to be the band. So really a wonderful historic recording, very much worth delving into. I included Bill Kirchin and Austin DeLone on here. Uh, they put out a record this year called Transatlantica. If you're not familiar with Bill Kirchin, he is the principal songwriter of Commander Cody. If you remember Commander Cody from the 80s. And he put out a fantastic record. And on that record is a cover of The Times They Are Changing. And that just felt right to me. I felt like I had to include that on a 2016 best of list. Because The Times, they are very much a changing. I followed that up with Anony and Drone Bomb Me. Of course, Anony, previously Antony, uh, she is a phenomenal talent. She put out a record this year called Hopelessness. And I think that was one of the best songs on it. I really appreciate her music. She's definitely someone you should check out. And I followed that up with The Stones with I Can't Quit You Baby, because you know what? The Stones put out a great blues record this year, and don't let anybody tell you different. It is good. It's really phenomenal, because you can tell the Stones are in it because they love it. They went into a studio, they recorded this record in three days, and you can just tell that they love what they're doing, and it's really music that they're passionate about, because it's all Chicago blues. There's no original song on it, but they really bring a wonderful and fresh take to them. And of course, another wonderfully fresh record that I do love is Love You to Death from Tegan and Sarah. I included a track off that and a track from Car Seat Headrest. I will admit Car Seat Headrest is an outfit I don't necessarily love, but they have been lauded this year time and time again, and I realize why people like them. They have a very compelling lyrical style in the independent uh, music scene. They're moving, of course, now into the mainstream, but that indie rock scene They've really championed and really annihilated over the last year. So I do very much give them credit for that. And I'm going to follow that up with Robin Hitchcock, one of my personal favorites. And he put out a record called Life is Changed this year. It was a two-song single with Emma Swift, one of my favorite contemporary songwriters. That's a fantastic track. I would highly recommend checking that out because Robin Hitchcock is one of the most fascinatingly uh, interesting and compelling songwriters of the 20th century, one of my personal favorites, and I think Life is Change is a great entryway into him because he is doing a lot of stuff even today. I followed that up with Neil Young. He put, a, he put out several records this year, but one of which was Earth. Now, Earth was a live record that he did with The Promise of the Real. Those are Willie Nelson's kids, and they did a version of After the Gold Rush that was particularly beautiful. And I really did love it because Neil Young actually went back in the studio files of After the Gold Rush and took out the horns. So those are the actual horns from After the Gold Rush. And then he has this weird thing going on where he has farm animals in the background and you can hear them and he recorded them. He kind of takes Rootsy to a whole new level. And it's actually a really good record. Neil Young doesn't get the credit he deserves for his contemporary music. It is very good a re-release this year was Fragments of a Rainy Season. That, of course, is a John Cale record. That was from the early 90s. It's one of my favorite records, and they re-released it this year. But the reason I included a song from it, which is Fear is a Man's Best Friend, of course, one of John Cale's most famous tracks, is because they had a wonderful rendition with strings that had never been released, and they just released it for the first time this year, which is why I included it on this list. I also included a track from Sharon Jones, of course, that was released this year with her documentary, Miss Sharon Jones. Of course, she died a couple months ago, which is very tragic. 
followed by The Last Shadow Puppets. That's Alex Turner's outfit, the guy from the Arctic Monkeys. And then, moving down the playlist, I included stuff from The Pretenders. They put out a record this year. It was really good. Uh, I put a song on there from Lucinda Williams. She put out a great record this year. Ghosts of Highway 20. I put a song on there, All Things Must Pass. It's a great George Harrison track, and it was performed by Nora Jones, uh, Danny Harrison, which is his son, and Wilson, all at George Fest this year. Kendrick Lamar released many of the demos from To Pimp a Butterfly, and he just called it Untitled Unmastered. I, I included one of those on there because they're almost as good as the actual record. They're really quite exceptional. Jeff Buckley, his mother, put out a record this year called You and I, which was his early demos when he was trying to get signed. There's a cover on there of Everyday People. That's right, Jeff Buckley doing Sly and the Family Stone. That is so remarkably cool. That's on there as well. And then moving down the list further, I included Adele. Adele put out a great record this year, whatever you might think of her. It's a good record. Willie Nelson put out a great record this year. So did Weezer. John Prine, as discussed, put out a wonderful record. And Rhiannon Giddens put out a version of Freedom Highway, which is, of course, the Staple Singers track. That's beautiful. Jack White put out all of his old White Stripes demos. And that included a track called City Lights, an acoustic track that's absolutely stunning. I also opted to include some classical records on here, such as Yo-Yo Ma's record, Sing Me Home. Uh, he put out this with the Silk Road Ensemble. They did traditional Japanese music, traditional American music, uh, traditional Manchurian music, and pretty much everything in between. Really some wonderful songs. And I followed that up with Anushka Shankar. That, of course, is Ravi Shankar's daughter. She's putting out music. She's a wonderfully talented sitarist in her own right. And uh, she put out a record called Land of Gold, and I included the title track on there. It's really one of my favorite classically inclined records of the year. I also included a couple of my favorite pieces from scores of both films and television this year. I included a piece of the score called Rebellions Are Built on Hope from Rogue One, a Star Wars story. That's right, I did have to include Star Wars because it's a wonderful score. And that track in particular, I think, is quite stunning. And then I included Hanging Lights, which is a track off the Stranger Things score from Netflix. And then in the final parts of this list, I included one of Eric Clapton's tracks of the year. I think I still do. That's the album he put out, which he alluded might be his final record. I think it's a really an underrated endeavor. And he put a track on it, I Dreamed I Saw St. Augustine, which is a Bob Dylan cover. And it's a great cover, really. It is Eric Clapton doing what he does and doing it very, very well. I also included John DeVerza on here. He put out a jazz record called Kaleidoscope Eyes, Music of the Beatles. There's a version of Lucy in the Sky and Diamonds here that will blow your mind, I promise you. Go listen to it. It's absolutely phenomenal, unlike anything you've ever heard. Then, of course, I included the Castiles. If you're not familiar with the Castiles, that's because a lot of us weren't until a couple months ago when the boss, Bruce Springsteen, released his autobiography. Uh, and the Castiles was a band that he was a part of in 1966 and 1967, years before we were introduced to him. He was the lead singer and the principal songwriter. And uh, when they released his autobiography, they put out a record called Chapter and Verse, and a lot of it is just greatest hit stuff. 
but they did include a recording from the Castiles, and it's really good. It's like 1960s Faces-esque rocking bar and pub blues. It's really quite exceptional. Check it out. And I followed that up with a track from chapter and verse called Henry Boy that was recorded by Bruce in 1972 and never released. So presumably for records like uh, Greetings from Asbury Park. We also got a record called Graduation Day 1966 live at the University of Michigan this year. This was a recording of the Beach Boys during two different shows they did at the University of Michigan that year. Uh, presumably were recorded for their radio station, KOMA, and their great sound quality as a result of that, and we've never actually had them all in one cohesive package. Uh, I put a recording of God Only Knows on here, and I think it's a really beautiful rendition of the song. I also included Wesley Stacy, Mr. Tangerine Man, that of course is a political protest uh, of a tangerine-tinted presidential candidate, now gone president <laughs> here in the United States, and it's a good protest song. It's very funny, very articulate, and Wesley does a fantastic job with it. I thought I'd throw it in there because it certainly embodies 2016. And then I closed our playlist with none other than Mavis Staples. Mavis put out a record this year by M. Ward, uh, produced by M. Ward. Uh, he is the second half of She and Him, the Zoe Deschanel duo. And it's called Living on a High Note. And Mavis is living on a high note right now. She won a Grammy last year. She's won two Grammys in the last couple of years. She won the Kennedy Center Award this last month. She's my personal hero, and I think she should be yours too. She's a very inspirational woman. I think we should all look up to Mavis Staples and all love Mavis for all the wonderful things she does for our society. And I put the song MLK song at the end of the playlist. I think... That's a perfect way to see out 2016 with hope and optimism and nothing embodies that more than the uh, incomparable Mavis Staples. She's really the best. So you know what? That's my playlist. Yeah, I had to ramble a little bit to get through it, but that is the playlist that we're putting out this year. And of course, you can find that in the show notes and on our website. I would recommend checking it out because, again, what I tried to do here was bring a very different musical take of 2016 to your ears than what you might get from the mainstream outlets. Why don't we talk a little bit about what is coming in 2017 for the jukebox, and then I'll see you off uh, to see you again in 2017. Stay tuned. Okay, so what can you expect from the jukebox podcast moving into the new year? Uh, first of all, a number of the shows are going to be live. Uh, starting this February, the Jukebox Roundtables every month are going to be live. That means uh, the website will have a date and a time uh, for every episode if you'd like to come tune in live and interact with us in the chat room. That's very much encouraged. I can't exactly tell you yet. I will know next month about where that is going to be. I know it's going to be on Twitch because Twitch has now opened the floodgates for podcasters like myself to come onto the platform but we may be somewhere else, too. We're up in the air with a couple different networks, so we'll keep you up to date with that. And in addition, we're going to be looking at doing more exclusive interviews. I have a couple of those already in the books that are going to be coming out on the feed finally this year. And I am working on an entirely new project, which is going to involve a lot of interviews. And you're going to find a lot of those here on the Jukebox 
and we are going to continue to have the main episode on the 25th of every month. That is the bread and butter of what we do here on the Jukebox. I will always be adding things and doing playlists and doing roundtables and interviews, but the core of the show, me arriving on the 25th of every month to bring a whole slew of new independent music to you, is going to stay intact exactly the way it is. In fact, those are getting, going to get better and better and better and maybe in a little bit longer. So 2017 is going to be a really fun year. Lots of cool stuff on the horizon and a couple things I cannot announce yet, but I will hopefully be able to bring to you in the coming months. I do want to thank you. I, I sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank everybody who listens to this program and everybody who's gotten to the end of this one mic ramble as well, uh, because this program means the world to me. And I'm so happy to have such a wonderful community of people who email me and send me messages and tweet me and enjoy what we're playing and want to hear more of it. This is a labor of love. A uh, big shout out to the sponsors we've had this year. Everyone from Indie Immunity to College Radio Day 2016 to our sponsor this month and the last many months, Plectone. We cannot do this show without any of them. It's very much appreciated. And of course, we can't do it without you. If you don't listen, it's just me and a microphone. And I'll do that, but, but I think it's a lot better when you're here. And I hope you guys enjoy what we do here going into the new year. A lot of fun stuff on the horizon. That's going to do it for me. My favorite album of the year, my top album of the year, was Leonard Cohen's You Want It Darker. That really blew my mind. Uh, the artist that I was most impacted by their death. It'd have to be a straight toss-up between Bowie and Cohen. I love them both very, very much. And then finally, what I am looking forward to most in 2017 is hopefully a new Kanye West record. I'd also really love to see records from artists that have been rather dormant for the last couple of years. I think Flogging Molly is actually preparing to do a new record. I think Florence and the Machine is starting to gear around to do another record. I would love to see Mavis Staples throw her hat in the ring for another year. She's been putting out record after record, and I love what she is doing. And I'm very excited, as always, for more archive releases in the new year, because we are going to get more archive releases from Dylan, the Beatles, the Stones, because they have to do it. Because uh, European copyright laws are going to be out of date here for their 1966 and 67 recordings, meaning they're going to have to release stuff in some capacity, which Dylan's camp has been doing for the last couple of years. So I'm looking forward to that the most. Until 2017, thank you again for everything. My name is Brett Stewart. You can find me on Twitter at Rivers Rubin. You can find us on jukeboxpodcast.com. And of course, you can email the show jukeboxpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and you can find our playlist for the year on our website and in our show notes. Have a wonderful uh, New Year's and we'll see you in 2017. The Jukebox Podcast is available on all platforms and podcast directories. Visit the show at jukeboxpodcast.com for more content or email us at thejukeboxpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy the Jukebox Podcast, please consider rating it on the iTunes Store or in the podcast directory of your choice.